Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. John chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself didn't baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed into Galilee. Now Jesus was well aware of the trouble John had endured at the hands of the Pharisees because of his ministry, his baptizing, etc. Perhaps because of the Pharisees were beginning to catch wind concerning the decline of John's ministry and the now rising popularity of Jesus, that the thinking was that it was time to move on. Certainly it was much too early to fight those battles. That day would indeed come, but he had work to do before he dealt with these confrontations. So Jesus, he left Judea and he moved on, ironically into a very Gentile territory the area of Galilee. Verse 4 goes on and says he needed to pass through Samaria. Now in order to travel straight from Judea to Galilee, one would have had to travel through the providence of Samaria. The problem was that Samaria was, well, an incredibly despised area by the Jewish people. The issue goes all the way back to 722 BC when the Assyrians had conquered Israel. And in the unusual policy of displacement, one practiced by many conquering nations, the best and the brightest were then hauled off to Nineveh, and some of the Assyrian people then would have to come to Israel to take their place. Those who came to Israel over time then intermarried with the remaining Jews, and the Samaritans were the nationality of result. These were considered mongrel Jews to the full-blooded Jews and were generally despised across the board. So much so that a good Jew would go way out of his way to cross the River Jordan and go around Samaria on his way to Galilee. But not Jesus. No, he was not intimidated nor repulsed by Samaria. In fact, he had a purpose. He was on a mission. The text says he literally needed to go through Samaria. It seems Jesus had a divine appointment. Verse 5, So he came to the city of Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus therefore, being tired from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Now, essentially, walking through the pages of his people's history, Jesus would now, through the distant shadows of Jacob and Joseph and others, he would move to make some history of his own. Let us make note here that Jesus was tired. Even though we know he was all God, it was clear that he was also very much all man. Now, I personally take a Rather strange comfort in the fact that my Lord experienced a weary body, knowing that on every level he understood uh, me and uh, what it's like for me when I too am worn out. Now in chapter 3, we read how Jesus shared the gospel path with a rich, educated, and affluent Jewish religious leader, the top of the social ladder, if you will. 
Now here, he's going to do the same, but this time with what was likely an uneducated, rural, worldly, inconsequential, immoral, female Samaritan. That would be the basement of social standing in that day. Certainly there is no pat method of dealing with people, as people are all different. We do know Jesus was tougher on those who knew better. We don't know too much about this woman other than what her sin is. And that's really not too out of the ordinary even for today, for eventually we all tend to wear our sin on our shirt sleeve, don't we? She just eventually, well, became her sin. She was the immoral woman. Now, obviously, she had a problem with men and she had a problem with sex. Jesus opened this highly unusual dialogue by speaking first to this woman, which was not done in that day. And with a Samaritan, that certainly was not done. And then to top it all off, with an obviously well-known immoral individual. So Jesus, no doubt here, was pushing the envelope. Right from the early days of his ministry, Jesus was establishing himself outside the mainstream. He would not be well towing the party line of religious politics of his day. Please note that Jesus was at the right place and at the right time in order to manifest his Father's divine plan. If he had been late, this woman would have been gone. <laughs> but Jesus, he's never late. Do you believe that critical truth concerning our Lord? Verse 7 says, A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman therefore said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you a living water. Now this woman arrived at that very hour, that noon hour, which would have been I think a very unusual time of day for her to be coming out to draw water. For it would have been, no doubt, the hottest time of the day. And traditionally, that was not the time to be drawing water. It would have been very easy to extrapolate that perhaps she was walking her life well incognito. That's what people do when they live in sin, especially when they know better and are under the conviction of such. They move in the dark, in the shadows, in secret. They do not attend a church that knows them, nor do they fellowship with a Christian family that is aware of them. Such folks inevitably move well into stealth mode, but Jesus always finds them. There's no hiding from Jesus. That's why we would be far better off to pray for these folks rather than try to chase them down and fix their problems. After all, they are not lost sheep. They are rebellious sheep, and they know the way home. Certainly, this woman was blind to who it was that was in front of her. That's what sin does to us also. It makes us blind. 2 Corinthians 4, chapter, or verse 3 and 4, says, Even if our good news is veiled, it is veiled to those who are dying. 
in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. The light of the good news of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should not dawn on them. The word dealings that is used in this passage literally means, quote, to use utensils together, end quote. Clearly, what it, what it, uh, what it was that shook this woman up was that Jesus was actually, well, willing to drink out of her glass. That was absolutely outside of the realm of possibility in that day. Verse 11 says, A woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep, so where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself as he did his children and his livestock? Now at this point, the woman had yet to put all that was happening in front of her into a spiritual framework. She was only seeing things through earthly eyes and filtering them through a worldly mind. This was no doubt an easy thing to fall to for what Jesus was saying was literally illogical in her mindset. This was a deep well and clearly he didn't have anything from which to draw out the water. Furthermore, what was this living water anyway? Salvation is here and expressed by our Lord in the symbolism of living water. It seems the only way someone uh, can receive such is by asking for it. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.